0: Pastor Adam Levecki here. This is a sermon live from Rescue Church. We hope it blesses you.
1: Today, I'm gonna. The title of the message is Abide. You know, as I was trying to get God's heart on what I was gonna speak on, I had like a couple of weeks of like a lot of stuff going on personally, where I felt the enemy was really, really trying to come at me to to rob my peace, and it's been happening. And God has a sense of humor. Like even today this morning, getting here, the just like simple, practical things that. That happen that you laugh about later on, but when it's going on, it's just like it's like this is crazy, you know, like from like the moment you get the keys to the church and you have to open up the church and you can't find your keys, you know, things like that. And it's it's like, you know, it's it's crazy. But the, the reality is when you when you lose your peace, you you won't find those keys. But when you say, All right, let me get it together, God, Holy Spirit help me find these keys. Then you can backtrack, then you have the peace of God, then you find the keys, then you get the church. That's an example. But uh, today, yeah, the message is abide. As I was uh, listening to God, as I was praying, I felt like we were supposed to stay in um, John, between like John 13, 14, 15, 16. Like I'm going to just pull some things from those chapters, a lot of red letters. I felt like, like, like Jesus wanted me to talk about what he was trying to talk to his disciples about before his departure, before he left. You know, here you had Jesus, and it's, it's interesting that it's in John's, the, the Gospel of John, who was John the Beloved, who was, you know, Jesus's, they would say, his best friend. He was the one that was always at his feet. He was the one that was always close to him. He was the one that the other disciples would ask him to ask Jesus questions to get an answer, because they, they knew he had that relationship with him. He has things recorded in his gospel that aren't recorded in other gospels because uh, Jesus opened up his eyes; he had eyes to see. And um, what was interesting about, I believe, the reason why, you know, Jesus wanted me to to hit on some of this stuff is because I think that we're living in a in a time where uh, even as Christians we can get easily rattled. Even as Christians, we can be easily deceived. Even as Christians we can allow the enemy to put uh, fear in us if we allow him to. So I think that there's things here that are gonna be helpful to help us live with the awareness of um, what's accessible to us in Christ. So abide, so. So abide, abide means to stay. It's a place, it's a state, it's a relation or an an expectancy. It means to, to continue, to dwell, to endure, and to be present, to remain, to stand. And one thing I'm gonna to say to you is, if you wanna bear fruit, if you really wanna bear fruit in your life, if you wanna see fruit in your life, I encourage you to stay, to stay. If, if, you, if God brought you here, stay. Get those, get those roots deep, stay, and you'll, and you'll bear fruit. Stay and you bear fruit. In time and due season, you'll bear fruit. There's, 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 there's an important thing to this message. So in John 13, Jesus knows it's time for his departure. John records what Jesus wanted to impart to his disciples before he went to the cross. He washes their feet, symbolizing purity and demonstrating being a servant. The clean feet symbolizes a pure walk as they are being prepared to bring the good news. As sent ones, as people of God, God wants to to clean, to clean our walk. God wants to clean us up. God wants to wash over us with his word and get us ready not only to represent him but to go and bring the good news wherever we go, wherever we go, whether we're in the workplace, whether we're on missions, whether we go to the nations, wherever we are to be ready to be a clean ambassador for for the gospel. In John 13 verses 20 it says, I say to you he who receives, I say to you he who receives whomever I send receives me and receives him who sent me. So as people that, that represent God when we go and people receive us, they receive Christ, they receive God. When we go, we, we can't just think that we're going empty-handed. When we go, we have to go with the mindset that we have, we have the Spirit of God with us, and when we go, we're on mission, we're on assignment, that those people, they, they, they receive us, that they're going to receive something from God. You remember in the Scripture when, when, when Jesus sent out his disciples and they would go to a house? They would go to a house, and he says, that they, if, you, if your peace rests in that house, stay there. So the, the, their peace, what, what, the Bible says that the peace of God is, is a judge. It's like an umpire. When an when umpire calls a game, he calls a strike. So like our peace is a discerner. So the peace of God, if it doesn't rest in that place, he would say, go and, and leave and find another place. Find another place. Find another place that you could go to. So, so when we go, we have to be of the mindset that, that we have the Spirit of God, that we're on assignment, and that we have something to give. And that when people receive us, they're going to receive something from God. So John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So how are we going to go into the world and minister to the, to the people if we, if we don't love one another? You know what's, what I've seen in this place? Every week I go and I buy groceries. And when I come back, I see you guys just loving each other. I actually, I gotta work on like how I break that up. I have to break that up a little better. I feel like a jerk sometimes trying to break that up because you guys are, I I remember coming to this house and I would be here and people couldn't wait to leave. Like they would come and they couldn't wait to get out of the doors. I come and I see everyone literally just loving each other. Everyone literally just enjoying each other's company. People looking to go out, people looking, waiting to, to go out and minister in the streets what's going on nine years. It's taken nine years, but in nine years we stood. Nine years we tarried. Nine years we remained. Nine years we we abide. We stayed trusting God, trusting His word, and now you're seeing the fruit of that. And the fruit of that is you. And and God is faithful. So one of the things that the world sees is the world sees how we love each other. If we can't if we can't love each other right. They see that. They see right through that. They, how are we gonna love them if we can't even love each other right? We can't even tolerate each other. We don't like each other and then we're gonna go out and tell people about a loving God. It doesn't make sense. And, and he's not, Jesus is not suggesting it. It's a command. So John 14, 10 says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I did not speak to you my, on my own authority. But the Father that dwells in me does the work. That word dwells is the word abide. It just has a different definition. But if you go in the old language, it's the same word abide. As I was going through this message, I came up with the word abide because I kept seeing it. It was highlighted, highlighted, abide, abide. So Jesus is teaching us his relationship with the Father is the same relationship he wants to have with us and expects us to have with them. Jesus is making sure that his disciples know that he and the Father are one, that they abide together in a complete agreement. And if we believe Jesus, the works that he does, we will do also. And greater works than these we would do because he goes to the Father. So we're going to do greater works because his spirit hasn't been poured out yet. And the works aren't our works, they're his works. It's just that they're going to be multiplied because his spirit is going to be poured out on all all men that receive him. So next, John 14, 15. I'm just going to go through a bunch of things. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who's that helper? That helper is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. You see that? There's two things. The peace of God, the world can't receive. The peace of God, the world can't receive. The Spirit of God, the world can't receive. There's a separation. There's dark and there's light. There's no gray area. There's no in between. There's, there's darkness and there's light. The peace of God is different from the peace of the world. Right? The spirit of God is what, what is the spirit of adoption. It's what brings us into the family. And here this is the spirit of truth. He has many names. He goes as the comforter, the helper. But uh, the world cannot receive him. Neither sees him or knows him. But you know him because he dwells. And abides with you but he will be in you so right now he's telling them that that they they know the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God dwells with them he's not in them but he dwells with them the Spirit of God was was on and in Jesus and the Spirit of God testified to the ministry of Jesus the Spirit of God was around them because they they submitted to Jesus and was with them for three and a half years so the Spirit of God was they were familiar with the Spirit of God but he's telling them the Spirit of God is with you, he's near you, he's next to you, but the preposition changes later where he says he's not just going to be next to you, he's going to be in you. You're not going to be operating under the umbrella of Jesus' ministry. No, Jesus is going to come, fill you with his spirit, and you're going to go. It's going to be different. It's Christ in you is the hope of glory. The Christ in you is the hope for the nations. Christ in you is the hope for yourself. Is the, the hope for ourselves. Is the, the, what transforms us. It's what changes us, what comes in. Is what, he's he, is he, not it, it's he. He, the Holy Spirit, is who moves in and changes everything. If we allow him to, if we submit to the process. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Why is he saying that? Because he was a father to them. These were grown men. Peter had a wife and had kids, and he left his wife and his kids. And they would come, and you would see in the scriptures that they would be around the ministry, but he left his wife and kids. Some husbands can't get out of their house for... 20 minutes without their wives calling them it's it's a big deal this and he's leaving them he's preparing them like i'm i'm leaving but don't think that i'm just going to be this father that leaves and doesn't come back don't think that i'm going to dip on you and and not come back i'm not going to leave you like orphans that have no father because what happens when, when when orphans don't have a father they get fathered by the wrong thing. Tina was hitting on this prophetically the other night on Wednesday night. I hope I hope you guys watched it. She talked about the, the orphan spirit and the orphan spirit is running rampant in America today. There's people that are that are being raised by TV. There's there's broken homes. The marriages in America are, are, are broken. Children are broken. They're confused. They're growing up with, with confusion and they're looking to the wrong thing and, and, and people are allowing these things that that are not God raise these kids and we're going we're gonna live in the fruit of that later on if us as a church don't step up to the place. She shared a story how after the Soviets left Afghanistan years ago, that the church had an opportunity to move into that situation because there was a lot of deaths and there was a lot of orphans, and the church uh, didn't really move into that uh, situation quite well. And what happened, you had bin Laden come in and move into that situation, and, and you see that, I think it was, I forget the number that she said, but it was, what was it? 16 out of the 19 people that were involved in the 9-11 were all orphans. The devil will look to, to, to be your daddy if you allow him to and if you're not aware. He'll allow you to, he, he wants to be your daddy. He wants to still, as us as believers, as, as comf- people that confess Christ, he still wants to be your daddy. And, and we don't realize that sometimes we allow him to pimp us out. Even as Christians, we allow him to, to, to do things to us and if, if we're not awake and we're not aware. Sorry to use that language in church, but it's, it's the truth. Uh, John 14, 19 through 20, it says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. He's talking about his departure, but you will see me because I live, you will live. Because I live, you will live. Jesus is not in the tomb. That tomb is empty. He's alive, and because he's alive, We're alive because he lives. We live. Verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you and me and I and you. So it seems like he's using this language because they're probably still struggling with this concept. And he's trying to like he's trying to nail. He's trying to drive it home because he knows that he's out and he knows that he's going to be gone for a little bit. And and that's what's going to have to keep them while he's gone. Because he's going to go, he's going to be in the tomb a few days, he's going to go down to the pits of Hades, he's going to go back and grab that dominion that man first gave away when the fall of man in the beginning of Genesis, but in that time, they're going to be scared, they're going to be full of fear, they're going to be afraid, and these words are the words that they have to have inside them to get them through it. And us as believers today, we we have to grab hold of that today as believers to get us through tough times, because tough times are coming. Tough times are coming to every household. There's no, there's no way around it. It's like you might have a, a, a nice, you know, amount of like no friction. Things are going smooth for a little, but then Brett knows you get whacked up the side of your head, something happens. How are you going to respond? What you're going to hold on to? What's going to get you through that? John 14, 21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. You see that? It's not like I, I love God. I just love him. You know, I'm just so in love with God. I appreciate everything he's done for me. I love him. That's 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 you can't. I'm not saying that it's, there's a lot of expressions of love. But what, what how Jesus sees it is, is he who keeps my commandments and does them. is how you show him that you love him. And he who loves me is, will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself that means to appear, to, to declare plainly. He's gonna manifest, he's gonna make himself known to us. He's gonna to, going to declare his things of God plainly to us by his spirit that separates us from the world. You remember Joseph? What separated Joseph from, from Pharaoh? Pharaoh had all the riches we were just talking about. He had everything. What separated him from everyone else? He heard from God. Us as the people of God, we have to be able to be connected to abide with the Lord to a point to where we hear from him, to where we, we're connected. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make a home with him. That, that word home is, is the word mansion that's used in, in 14 verses 3. Do you realize that the, the kingdom of God is within you? Do you realize that that we are, are, are living stones? Do you realize there's so many different things metaphorically that describe us as the temple of God? Do you realize that, that it says in his house there's many mansions? Do you realize that, that God wants to come and make a home with us? He wants to come to live with us, to be with us? So we, that's good news. But now when we, when we think about that, it's like he wants to live with us, he wants to be with us, but now what is in our life that we allow to live with God? Are there things in our lives that we allow to live with God that shouldn't be? And, and uh, Holy Spirit will, will highlight those things to us and, and by the grace of God, we can get those things out and we can get them out for good. Jesus wants us to be His. Jesus wants to be. Jesus wants us to be where He is. Do we want to be where He is? That's the question. We have the ability as right now as Christians here on earth. To be where, where where God is, the other day Tina was talking about us living from a from a different realm, from di- living where we're seated in heavenly places. The Bible says that the battle is not against uh, flesh and blood. That there's a, there's an alternate reality that we don't see with our physical eyes, but yet we live in. It's like, you know, God is in us. We don't see it, but the Bible says that He's in us. So we believe that we're. We're a host of the of the temple of God, so it's it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of language there that that I believe he wants us to grab hold of. But now we have the Spirit of God, how do we enter in His presence? We have the Spirit of God, how do we enter in His presence? I have a friend. I'm not gonna say his name, you know. But I have a friend. The other night, you know, we were spending some time together, and he. He, he was helping me out with something. You know, he was doing what we were just talking about, how, how, you know, as disciples of God, we love one another. He was helping me. And I don't spend time with him all the time. I don't spend time with him. But I, when I needed help, I, I knew who to call. I called him. He spent time with me. We were up till late. I had to get up at 5 in the morning. I'm like feeling like, dang, man, I got to get up at 5 in the morning. Feeling bad for myself. I got to go to work. You know, me, 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 me. And my man told me he, he had to get up at 4 a.m., He's helping me. He had to get up at 4 a.m. You know what he told me why he had to get up at 4 a.m.? He just wanted to spend time with God. He wanted to spend time with Jesus. I'm trying to make bread for the family. He wants to spend time with Jesus because he knows the rest of his day there's going to be something that's going to contend against our connection. The devil is after our rest, and the devil is after our connection. The devil is after our connection with our spouse. The devil is after our connection with our relationship with God. The devil is after our rest, because if there's no rest, we're no better than the slaves that were taken out of Egypt. You know, we're <laughs> Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And the devil is after our rest, and he's after our connection. I did, I did a message a long time ago about being connected, and, he, and the devil runs overtime coming against our connection. You work all day, you come home, you shower, you wanna go to sleep. You wanna go to sleep now. You don't spend time with your, with your spouse. You're not spending time with Jesus. Do that seven days out of the week for two months straight. Who's your daddy? You're gonna, you're gonna be, get worked over. I know because I get worked over all the time. I'm preaching the word of God, but the devil works me over sometimes a lot. And I'm I'm speaking, as Pastor says, from experience, and it doesn't have to be today we could take a stand, today we could say no more, today today we can break that off by the grace of God. If you don't love Jesus, you don't love the Father. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. This is a function of, this is one of the, the, the good things about Holy Spirit. He has a better memory than us. <laughs> Some women may, may have a good memory, but he has a better memory than us. And he brings to remembrance all things. So everything that you, every, all the time we invest in Christ, every time we, all the time we invest in his word, in the word of God, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring that to, to our remembrance, to our mind, when we need it. Like everything, when, when, you, when you preach the Word of God and you get ready and you're going to go speak, the Holy Spirit, when you're going to go talk to somebody, the Holy Spirit will bring to, to your remembrance something pertaining to the Word of God that, that testifies to Jesus because it's going to be useful at that, at that particular moment for whatever reason. He's good, and He, he teaches you all truth. So next, it says, peace I leave you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, this is what we were talking about before, not as the world gives do I give to you, let your heart not be troubled, say that again, let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid, there are many things that are trying to trouble our heart, there are many things that are trying to make us afraid. The other day, something happened to me in, in my shop. It was very bad. And, and it, it brought the, the old me out to where I was pretending like I was alert, like I was going to be alert. I, I found myself contemplating getting a weapon. It was bad. And, and my, my pastor took a moment to, to spiritually, spiritually slap me and, <laughs> and say, read Psalm 91 over your family. Read Psalm 91 on your I started, like, I started going home a different way. What happened? My wife couldn't get in the house. I'm thinking someone's messing with our lock. It was crazy. There was no one we messing with our lock. It was just coincidental. I had a bad thing happen in my shop. Someone got attacked. And, you know, the enemy was trying to use that to, to bring fear. He's trying to bring fear as I'm trying to prepare for a message. He's trying to, he's trying to get me afraid. And, and our pastor said, uh, Tell all that fear to go. He says, alert is not afraid. Be alert, don't be afraid. And as people of God, we have to be alert, not afraid. Alert, not afraid. As Pastor would say, you know, be born again, but not born yesterday. You know, just be alert, not afraid. Oh, I think I went too over, right? Yeah, all right. All right, John 15, 1 verses 2. I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That means to cleanse or to purge. That it may bear more fruit. Think about that. It says, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. We're we're called to bear fruit. The Bible says that you would know a tree by its fruit. You would know a tree by its fruit. We're, we're, God expects us to, to bear fruit. And in fact, if we're not bearing fruit, we're not bearing his image. When, you, when you, you ever have a plant in your house, when the leaves start to turn a different color, and you got you, you to gotta pull it out, and you got to get it off, get the whole plant sick. We're called to bear fruit. Do you know the devil? I was reading this yesterday and I had a something dropped in my spirit. It said, do you know the devil will purge every good deed out of your life if you allow him to be your father? Do you know that? He's a, he's a copycat. Everything, everything he does, he, he wants worship. He wants what God has, except he perverts it. So like, God wants to purge every bad thing out of your life. He wants to purge every good thing out of your life so that everything you do is bad. So there's nothing good left in you. So at the end is, dis- is destruction. At the end is death. So that you look like him. That's what he wants to do. So sometimes it's painful when we, when we you know, get pruned. It doesn't feel good. But at the end, it's is beneficial. At the end, it's beneficial. In the beginning, we started this message, you see, him washing his feet. You see, that was cleansing their feet for, because they are going to represent him. He's about to go. Walk, it says, blessed are the feet of those that bring the good news. There was no cars in those days. There were boats, and you had to go. Blessed are the feet. The, the feet represent our walk, our walk with God, how we live. The devil wants us. He wants to be our daddy, as Tina said the other day. John 15, 3. You are already clean because... Of the word which I have spoken to you. The word of God washes over us and cleans us. Abide in me and I in you, and as as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You know a lot of times in life we, we, we try to do things our own way and we don't we get the wrong end, we get the wrong results. It's like we try to do things like on our own, on our own. And we never consulted with God. We never asked him. We never, we just did things the way we wanted to do it. And it's like, you know, you want to bear the fruit of God? You can't do it that way. So God is, is showing us how we can bear fruit the right way with him when we allow him to come into it. Our pastor was just talking to us about, in this season, even being mindful of something so simple as when you take a vacation, to ask him about the timing of the vacation. Ask him if that's a good time. We don't want to miss what God is doing. It's, it's about being connected, it's about being preeminent, him being preeminent, him being first, and allowing him to, to help to have a part in our decision-making and how we live. John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides
0: in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me we can do nothing. So we need him, and if we don't um, have him, then we're going to have a lot of nothing. If anyone John 156, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire
1: and they, and they are burned. You see that a lot, like that there's language like that. Um you see in the Bible who he refers to as the gatherers, but it's if if we don't bear fruit, we're gonna be chucked away. And that's that's him talking.
0: If you abide in me, and my words My word, that's the Roman
1: word. That's the now word of God. That's the right now word of God. That's the spoken word of God. That's how we're supposed to live by what God speaks is the fresh word of God. Abide in you,
0: you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be
1: my disciples. You see this? God is glorified when we bear fruit. And he says, whatever you ask, it will be done for you. But you know what? You know, it's like, it's like when you abide in, in, in God, you spend enough time with him, what you ask for becomes his will. It's like, you know, you may have things that you want, but it's like you, you're, you're in intimacy with him, so his desires become your desires. So we're not, we don't treat God like a genie. We, we begin to, like, get his heart. And when we begin to get his heart, we live from that place, and then, you know, along, along the line, there's things that he knows that, that we want, and what we want, he wants to give us because he's a good father. John 15, 7, it says, if you, uh, I said that one, right? So, so God is glorified that we bear much fruit. You see that, like, our team is in, in the Belize right now. How are they, how, how are they there? If, we, if we're not bearing fruit, how are they there? They're there because people gave. They're there because the people of God are generous. They're there because God made a way, and if and because He made a way, like if we are all broke and we're all, as as uh, I think Pastor Alvarez was here, he said, broke, busted, and disgusted. If we're <laughs> if we're if we're that way, how are we gonna really move forward the things of God? God's not that way, and we're His children. and We're a reflection of Him. He's good. Doesn't mean that we don't go through the, the hard times. Can't hit our house, but. It's, we're not supposed to stay that way. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. John 15, 11, it says, things, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. There's two things. He gave us peace, and he gave us joy. That's the environment of heaven. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in what? In the Holy Spirit. So, so he gives us his peace, and he gives us his joy. You see people come here. There's people we call uh, Mac. We say he has the eternal smile. Reverend Mack, when he comes, I mean, he's lit up, he's full of God, he's, he's lit up, he's happy, you see the joy of the Lord. I, I, there's people that you get around that are like that, it's contagious, and it's like, I, I want that, because you know that, they, that God has done such a work in their life, and they committed to the things of God, and they allowed the Holy Spirit to do his job, and, and they're just full of life and love, and that, that trickles onto everywhere that they go. And if we surround ourselves with people like that, if we believe that for ourselves, then, then it's attainable, right? The kingdom of God is at hand. He gives us his peace. He gives us his joy. It's at hand, it's within reach. Sometimes we have to prophetically, and I have to speak this to myself over my face, over my life, over everything, that we have to grab that and take it for ourselves because he, he, he's generous and he gave it to us.
0: All right, so John 15, 12, says, this is my commandment that we love one another as I love you, greater love has no one than this: lay
1: down their life for one's friends.
0: You are my friends; if you do whatever I command, command
1: you. So, he's taking their relationship to another level. He's like, you're not only uh, my 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 servants; you're going to be my friends if you do what I command you. But you know, he says, greater love has no one than this: than to lay their lives down. He's just demonstrated because he's going to go to the cross. What this means, but you know, us as believers, we can't. As, or let's say disciples of Christ, we can't lay our lives down for our friends if we haven't even laid it down for Christ. We have to first lay our lives down for Christ, and then we can lay our lives down for our friends. And what does that, do? what does that look like? It looks like loving one another. It looks like maybe doing what a friend uh, did for me the other day that I was telling you about. You know, it could look, like, it could look different for everybody, making yourselves available, availability. Like, when you make yourselves available, it's, it's one of the best things you could do for someone else. We know everyone's busy. Sometimes that time you never get back. I, I, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. He's saying that, you know, this is, this is a different relationship. You're not just a servant, someone that just do, that does what is told. You're, you're, you're brought in. You're a friend. I'm going to let you know things that, that uh, is not for everybody. It's personal. It's relational. In John 15, 16 through 17, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit may remain. So our fruit is supposed to remain. We're, we're, we're chosen. We didn't choose. In those days, disciples would choose their, their teacher. But Jesus went and chose his disciples. He's like, you didn't choose me. I, choose, I chose you. I'm the one that goes after the one. I'm the father that's waiting for the prodigal to come home. I, I'm different. I'm the one that takes the two folds and makes them one. John 15, 18. The world hates you. As is, is, we we want to be loved by everybody. We want everyone to like us. If the world hates you, know that it, that it hated me before it hated you. That word hate is to persecute. So, as, as Christians, you know, as people of God, we, we got to understand that, that there's going to be trouble, there's going to be persecution, and not everyone's going to like us. And if we want to do this f- f- with the, you know, wanting everyone to like us, we're going <laughs> to have, have a hard time because not everyone's going to like us. And you're doing it for the wrong reasons, the motives are wrong. So, he's just letting them know, like, listen, they hated me, they're going to hate you because you're mine. You have my image. If you were. Of the world, the world will love you. The world loves its own. Right now, how many friends you have that you could call that are, that, are back in, that are still in the world, if you call them up, open arms. Come back. Come back. We've been waiting for you. Come back. When you leave, they're mad. But if you want to come back, we're here. We got a place for you. The world loves its own. The world, the world don't don't love us. We it, don't go back to where where, you, where God pulled you out of. He paid a price for that. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. That's encouraging right there.
0: Uh, John 16, 13. This thing i have spoken to you that you should not stumble. That's to fall away. That's apostasy. A that's a sin. They will put you out of synagogues, that's equivalent to, to churches today. Right? They, we, we see this going on right now. They will put you out of synagogues. A time is coming that whoever he kills you, will think that they offer a church. service
1: to God. You see that with Islam. Islam, when they, they, they're beheading Christians, they, they think that they're doing uh, the world the justice. They think that they're doing something unto God. You see that with the Apostle Paul in the scriptures when he persecuted the church. No one persecuted the church greater than him. Later on, he has an encounter with God. Because God saw that he was zealous for the things of God, it's just that he was zealous, he was completely wrong. You could be committed and committed to the wrong thing. So God changed his life, radically changed his life, and then what happened? He went and he represented Christ and he represented the church, and God turned that around. But you see this today, that um, people think that they're offering a service to God, but they're actually going against the things of God and persecuting his church. And these things they will do, why? Because they do not know the Father, nor me. That should, that should turn us into a place of intercession, a place of prayer. There's things that, 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 that should get us angry and, and, and because they're not right, but when we see these things go on, let's turn that to a place of intercession because he's given us the reason. This is Jesus speaking. He's given us the reason as to why they're doing it because they don't know the Father. They don't know him. Israel's still waiting for their Messiah. He came. He wept over Jerusalem. He came. He came to his own. They did not receive him. Islam thinks he's a prophet. They don't know Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the only way to the Father. So how could they know the Father if they don't know Jesus? So we have to say, open up your, open up their eyes, God. Open up their eyes. Turn that into a place of intercession because if their eyes are open, there's people that are, that are really, really, really seeking God, and Jesus is revealing himself to them. There's people in, in Muslim territories that, that are having dreams and encounters with, with, with Jesus the Messiah, and they're, they're having their lives completely converted because they're, they're completely confused and wrong, but they're seeking God, and God is not holding himself back, and he's, receiving, he's revealing himself to people miraculously. But us as the church, let's pray for these situations that, that their eyes will be open because they're doing things because they don't know Jesus or the Father. Jesus is the, is the real peace. He's the peace in that land. He's the peace that the people need. He's the peace that we need in America. He's the peace that we need in the office. He's, his motives are right. Jesus is like, you know, let's pray for our enemies. Islam says, oppress the oppressor. The, old, the, the, the Jews still want an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus still wants you to have all your teeth in, in your eyes. He says, change your heart. Change your heart. Your heart will keep your eyes and your teeth. If your heart's changed, you, you won't want to oppress the oppressor. You want to pray for them, that they know your Father who's in heaven. They'll see your response. They'll see our response. When someone, when someone does something to you, and, you're, and you want to give them the business, but you, you don't give them the business, you give them something else, you give them a piece of Jesus, they see that, because they expect a different reaction.
0: John 16 33 these things I have spoken to you that in you you may have peace in the world
1: you will have tribulation that's trouble that's persecution but be of good cheer I have overcome that means to subdue to conquer prevail to get victory He says I have overcome the world you know I don't I know that we use the language get victory but I like to I like that that word conquer because you know even in sporting events you know if you could win a game Barely. Some officials could help you win a game. You can barely win a game. Yeah, like the Redskins. Yeah, like the, I watch it every week. It's very painful. I thought about giving, submitting that to God wholeheartedly, but um, yeah, it's bad. Like, but Jesus, he conquers. It's like no match. It's like if the Redskins were to play Tom Brady and the Patriots when he was young and good, that's it's like no match. The peace of God. The peace of God, the Bible, when you look into the the language of it, it describes the peace of God as as a ligament. A ligament joins two joints. If you, if you, an athlete, if he tears his ACL, you'd be the best running back in the league. You tear your ACL, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a very good game. You're gonna be useless. Look at Aaron Rodgers, if there's any Jeff fans here, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers, everyone saying they're going to go to Super Bowl. there's his Achilles tendon. No bueno. When we give our peace away, we're like that running back trying to run a touchdown with no ACL. We're like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> trying to throw a pass, and he can't stand. He can't stand. That's The peace of God is what joins us and keeps us connected. It's like that Wi-Fi signal in your house. You don't pay that bill, boom, out. You're gonna be trying to steal a hot spot from your next door neighbor. Like, it's not gonna happen. It's, it's not gonna work. So let's
0: talk about some truths to take home before we leave. A pure walk
1: prepares us to bring the good news of Jesus.
0: We are recognized as his disciples of Jesus by the way we, we love each other. Jesus praised the Father and he will give us another Helper
1: that he may abide with us forever. Jesus wants us to be where he is. He wants to be involved. He wants us to be where he is. He wants us to be as Tina was saying the other day seated in heavenly realms. I probably would be better off reading here because this is so small here. Because Jesus lives, we live also. He is in the Father well, He is in his Father, we are in him, and he is in us. I want to re- repeat that again. Because Jesus lives, we live also. He is in his Father, we are in him, and he is in us. There's a together. Our love for Jesus is not determined by how we feel about him. It is proven when we keep his commandments. It is proven by what we do when no one's looking. The Father in Jesus comes come to make a home with us when we keep his word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's the of word, we will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. You are Jesus' friend when you do whatever he commands you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We talked about that orphan spirit. Maybe a, maybe a lot of maybe a lot of you had had good mom and dad. You know, maybe a lot of you had, um, you know, a good father in in your life. You could have the best early, earthly father in the world. It never compared to what God wants to be to us. Never. My father, my father left my mom when I was three years old. I, I was raised by like some other dude for like a few years. He left more abandonment, right, more abandonment. My father used to get so mad that I used to call that guy, I used to call my father David, because that was the guy's name, because I knew him more than my own father. He would get really upset, but I didn't know any better because I didn't know my father, right? My mother meets another man later on when I'm eight. He raises me, he's my stepdad till today. But I always looked to be fathered. I always wanted to to be fathered. I never had that, that father, I was jealous. I was jealous for, for, for that, that father. I was so mad when my father came into my life. When I was 18, I would look at him, I hated him. I was so full of the devil that I hated him. I really wanted to like lay hands on him. I was so mad at him because he wasn't there. The times he would call me and he'd just be drunk on the phone. I haven't spoken to you in three months. I'm a little kid, you don't see me in five years. I was angry, mad. And he came to, to reconcile with me and I didn't give him a chance. I was mad. Fast forward down the line, when 33 years old. God gets a hold of my life. I give him access because he was looking for me the whole time. Give him access, does a work in me. I see how he is in the scriptures. I see how he wants to be, how he's a father. He's a good dad. Is, what does that do? Changes my relationship with my earthly father forever. We are super tight. I was mad that he wouldn't call me. Jesus would say, Call him. He's a father. You're supposed to call me. Call him. Call him. Love on him. Forgive him. Right? Because I had that unforgiveness. Forgive him. Love on him. Pursue him. Jesus changed everything. My father. And I have a good relationship now, because I allow God to father me first. But before that, before that, I got fathered by the world, got myself into a whole lot of a mess, terrible friends. Ter- I, get, I got what the world gave. And, and, and by the grace of God, I'm not six feet under. Why am I saying this today? Maybe some of us have some, some daddy issues with the natural. Maybe some of us have the wrong view of our father in heaven what I'm saying is that he's a good dad and if we allow him to move in he will move in he would abide with us he would live with us he would dwell with us he will look for us he won't turn his back on us he will give us good things he wants to bless us he wants us to bless others he wants us to look like him he wants to save our marriage he wants to save our life he wants to get us free from drugs he wants to give us good relationships. He wants to get rid of old relationships. Later on, maybe restore some of those relationships when you're right, so you don't go back to those same things. God wants to do a whole lot of things, but are we willing to say yes? Are we willing to commit to the process? Are we, are we willing to allow him into those areas where we don't want to go? You know, in that house, we have a house, but we, we don't want to let him in that room. Room's too dark, too ugly. No one goes there. You open up that door, it's nasty. He don't mind getting his hands dirty. He's like, I want this whole crib. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to come dwell with you. I'm going to live with you. And I'm going to do this with you. And it's going to be nice. You're not going to recognize it. You're not going to recognize it. If, that, if, that's, if that's you, if you feel like, you know, like, hey, like, you know, I've been struggling. I've been uh, going through it a little bit. I, I haven't really been abiding. I haven't really been you know, like, you know, there's no fruit in my life. I want, I want some fruit. There's no fruit in my life. I'm confused. There could be a whole bunch of things. Let's just take a moment. Let's give that to God. Let's, let's say like, hey, today's a day. Today's a new day. Today's a fresh day. Today's the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let's allow him to come into those areas. Say, Father, we come to you, poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means that we, are complete, we're completely aware of our need for you. Father, we come to you in this place where we, we need you. We've done it our way. <laughs> our way doesn't work. Our way is disappointing. Our way is, is painful. So God, we ask you to come move into these areas. We ask that you would uh, begin to father us. You know, there's, there's a thing, thing that I, that I want, want to share too. Um as a grown man here, I'm 40, I'll be 44 next month. As a grown man, I was being pastored by our pastor for years. And it wasn't until we had Prophet Andre here and Prophet Andre opened up my eyes to allow our pastor to father us. Maybe, Maybe some of us have some some uh, things that were, you know, like some church pain Maybe we have to give that to God and allow our pastor to really father us, especially the men in this house, allow them to father us in, in certain areas. God has appointed him here to, for that task. So Jesus, we submit ourselves to you, we submit our lives to you, and we ask that you would move into these areas, we ask that you would clean us, that you wash our feet, um, prepare us for the walk that we have, the walk that you called us to, the walk to bring the good news. God, we thank you that you gave us your peace. We thank you that your peace, the Bible says, surpasses all understanding that we don't even know the, um, the, the full effect of what your peace does to our life. But God, we know that it's ours and we know that it's not the world. So Jesus, we thank you that your joy is there, that your joy you left, that your joy is still here, that your joy you give, that our joy will be full. God, we ask that you will fill us with your joy, that you will fill us with the peace of God, that we would be aware of the peace of God that it's a discerner, that it's, a, that it's an empire, that it allows us to, to be able to distinguish what's right, what's wrong what we should do, what we should not do. Help us to abide. We ask that you would open up our ears, that our ears would be open in this season, that we would hear specifically and clearly the things of God, the things that you wanna say, God. We say that um, you would help us to have a grace to be even obedient to your word, even the small things in your word, so that we can show you that we love you, God. Because you know we could tell you we love you, but we show you we love you by being obedient to your word. Help us to love one another. Help us, God, in this season to build relationally with the people of God in this church this house help us to have eyes to see help us to have eyes to see a need help us to have um, something to say help us to, to lift the arms of people that are that, that need some help God and we um, we love you we love this house we bless this house we bless the children of this house we bless the families of this house we ask that you would continue to increase us we ask that you would keep the people in this house that are looking to get married that you would keep them pure that you would sanctify them God that you would uh, prepare them for that day And God, we ask that you would uh, do a new thing in the households, in this church, God, that you would move into the the households in this church, and that we would um, begin a new new sanctification, a new separation, God, that you would call us higher, that you would reveal things to us, and that we would be willing to do it, that it won't be like something that we do... uh, like, oh, sl- like oh man, I got to do that. It would be like, no, I desire to do this, God. That the fire of the Lord would be on us. That the fire of the Lord would, would move on us. That we would get moving. That you would purge the things out that need to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.